0: Hello, welcome to Eat This Scroll, podcast where we study the Bible while teaching people how to study the Bible so that they can read their Bible, not just as information, but as food for their soul. Uh, I'm Eric Miller, lead teaching pastor at Mercy Hill Church in Berlin, Ohio. With me today in the podcast room, uh, we have quite a few people, so uh, get ready for a lengthy (laughs) introduction here. Uh, We have uh, Matt Rau, uh, Connect Pastor here at Mercy Hill. Hey, how you doing? Conrad Hershberger on the soundboard. Hi. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess Conrad doesn't have a mic, so I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Mark, Mark Russell is with us again. What up, what up? And we have uh, pastoral intern Brad Furkowski, or as we like to refer to him as B-Diz. B-Diz. B-Diz with us. Hey, hey. Say hello. And we also have over there uh, Eric Pendleberry back in the studio with us. He also doesn't have a mic, but he may grab Brad's here at some point if uh brad gets out of line and just (laughs) takes the takes the reins um today we are continuing our study in the book of philippians today we're in philippians chapter one verses 12 through 18 and mark is going to read that for us uh and get into it Go ahead.
1: all right starting verse 12 here i want you to know brothers that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for christ All right, yes, Lord, help us to see wonderful
0: things from your word as we study this in Christ's name, amen. Um, so, yeah, this is uh, an interesting section here because we mentioned this last time when we were in the first part of Philippians chapter 1, but Philippians is actually quite a kind of a personable letter. Um, Paul isn't just coming out of the gate like he does in Galatia or in the book of Galatians and some other places where he's just addressing theological issues. Um, but you get... Uh, really kind of a a portrait a little bit of what Paul's going through. So this is one of the letters that's referred to as the the prison epistles. Paul is writing this uh, from prison. And here we get a little snapshot of some of the stuff that he has gone through. And so um, what we want to do is just begin to kind of go through and really work on uh, observation, trying to just um, gain some clues in regards to Maybe Paul's situation, so again, coming to this, um, pretending like we don't know a whole lot about what's going on, but like, what are some of the details that we learn here, especially in those first couple verses about Paul's situation and where he's at? So he starts in verse twelve, you know, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me well, what what has happened to him what are we what are we talking about what does he what does he say?
2: That he's well a, go ahead Matt. well i mean if you look at the context of the scripture even he's in he's in chains so right. uh somehow in a prison if you, if you're coming to this cold and you don't don't understand what's going on with it um obviously there's a there's a palace guard or um some kind of guarding uh, guards that are guarding him it looks like it's some kind of a governmental um guard so i would say he's in a prison uh just yeah. from those observations in itself
0: Right, yeah, and he says, it, "What do you got?" NIV, NIV, yeah. Does your say in, that that my chains? So mine says verse thirteen. Uh, this is the ESV. That my imprisonment is for Christ.
2: Yeah, I'm a, it, else that I am in chains for Christ. Mm.
0: Yeah, and so, um, so he's in chains, but it, it's interesting. He says, "I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served yeah. to advance the gospel." And this and this is interesting here because if you're the Philippian church. And you know Paul, and he's he's the one that's brought the gospel to you. He's the one that uh, established the church um, in Philippi. He's now gone, and you've heard that he's in prison. It would be quite natural, on one level, to be like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" Yeah, you know, like like God, why would you let this happen? You know what? How is how is this any good? I mean, Paul needs to, you know, he's the one that was kind of helping to shepherd and strengthen us. Um he was doing this in other places uh but paul s- or but paul says no, nah, it's it's really served to advance the gospel what else- what else is well
1: say? no, I was just gonna say it's it's uh it's funny you kind of emphasize that word really because um i don't know i mean i've read i've read this this passage before obviously, but it's just funny how certain words hit you at different times, but that word really yeah uh just, just kind of stuck out as I was reading it. And, and just the idea that it is like what he's about to say is somewhat surprising, right? Like it, yeah. it's, it's, it would be, it, it would not be the first maybe assumption that we would make when we hear what's happened or what we would really believe to be going on. Um, even though I think, you know, and we can kind of look at the whole letter and, and, uh, I think we do this, like we, we, we know things to be true, but then when, rubber really meets the road and we're in a real life situation or something's going on it's like do we do we really believe that it's good it's going to happen right and uh and so just that kind of idea on a a real on a real practical level in a real situation that's going on that that this this maybe uh you know hard thing that's going or opposition that paul is faced with that it it really is serving to advance the gospel
0: yeah Yeah, no, that's good. And you know what's interesting about this was um, just a little bit of background here on how Paul came to the church at Philippi um, is you have something somewhat similar happening just even in the way that Paul even gets there. If I can just really quickly read a little bit from Acts chapter 16, um, Philippi is in the region of Macedonia, and it was not a place that Paul was necessarily trying to get to. And you've got these really interesting verses that I think kind of tie in with this idea of about what God is really doing, even when it seems like something's going on that maybe he's not in control of uh, or that it's not according to plan. But in Acts chapter 16, this is speaking of Paul and, and his companions on their uh, missionary journey. It says, so setting sail from Troas, um, oh, nope, wrong, wrong section. <laughs> chapter 16, verse 6, it says, and they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. And I get this, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. It says, and when they had come up to Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. So so two times, like, think about this. They're trying to get into regions, not just to, like, take a vacation, but to share the gospel, and the Holy Spirit stops them. And it says the Spirit of Jesus stops them. Verse 8, so passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas. And if you would kind of take the time to look this up, um... Like I don't know, like in your maps, maybe in the back of your Bible or whatever, um, you'll see that they're just kind of bumping along um, until they finally kind of come to the end of the road near the Aegean Sea. And um, it says in verse 9, And a vision appeared to Paul in the night, and a man of Macedonia was standing there urging him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so they have to, like, they get in a boat and they go across the sea. Verse 11 says, so setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Neapolis and from there to Philippi. So this is how Paul comes to Philippi. And it says, Philippi, which is a leading city of the district, and this is the place where they, they meet Lydia and some ladies at a prayer meeting uh, down by the river. Um, they eventually... Uh, Uh, get thrown in jail and the Philippian jailer and his whole household get saved. But anyway, the point being is that even Paul in, in getting the church in Philippi established, the church to whom he's now writing, it happened not because it was part of his plan, but it was a part of God's plan. He got there through some unusual means. And now Paul's in prison writing back to (laughs) writing, writing back to them once again, um, that, uh, uh, God has a plan that is a lot of times different than what ours is. Any other thoughts on thoughts on that? If not, going on here, some of the um, uh, some of the details that that follow in after that with some of the uh, I I don't know little little nuances of how um, I, I don't want to be too strong with this, but actually maybe how dark hearted even people in the early church were, <laughs> if if I can say that, I think. Let me preface it by saying this. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, we just need to go back to the way things were in the book of Acts, back to the early church. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah kind, <laughs> like, kind of. like I, What do you I, mean by that? Yeah, well, yeah. Ex- exactly. I think people think that there was always this golden era. And on some level, yes, we want to go back to the Bible, and we want to continually go- be going back to what the original you know, commission was to make disciples. And we definitely want to look at what the apostles did and what they taught. Like, obviously I'm for all those things, but I think sometimes in our mind, it's almost this idea of nostalgia where we just kind of tend to like sweep under the rug some of the uh, problems that the early church had. I think on the last podcast, we mentioned, you know, how how the book of Philippians or the, the, and the church at Philippi was probably a bit of an encouragement to Paul as opposed to like the church in Galatia or the church in yeah. Corinth where he's dealing with just a, a ton of uh, stuff. But here, I mean, listen to what's going on. This is actually somewhat shocking, okay? Verse 14, and he says, And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So this was one one thing that had happened. Because Paul was willing to... Boldly proclaim the gospel, be willing to be imprisoned, and um, and still not be quiet. Other people were being encouraged by that. But I want to move on to something else here as well, too. He says, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Now, do not brush over this. I This is extremely dark-hearted, okay? Um, he goes, verse 16, the latter do it out of love knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. So you have two groups of people that, because of his imprisonment, were now more bold to preach the gospel, yet they fall into these two different categories, okay? Some doing it out of goodwill, but others doing it out of envy and rivalry. Verse 17, the former proclaim Christ, get this, out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. Now, time out and let's talk about this a little bit. <laughs> because th- as you're reading this, I think it's like I think this is extremely easy to just brush, brush past. In other places, where, because again, I want I want us to understand who these people are. Is when somebody preaches another gospel, Paul does not hold back in the nuclear language that he uses to take them out. Like, again, Galatians chapter 1, even if I, an angel from heaven, preaches to you any other gospel other than the one that was preached to you, let him be accursed. It's, the Greek is anathema. It's, it's extremely strong language for preaching another gospel. Here, what Paul is saying is not that they're preaching another gospel, but they're, that they're doing it with an impure motive to make much of themselves while he's in prison, thinking that they can kind of like yeah. come in and make a name for themselves, are, are you seeing this? Yeah. I, this is, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to say other than is this not shocking?
1: Well, it is I mean, shocking, or, or, or maybe it should. It yeah, should it be. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is shocking. I think on the other hand, like it, uh, it rings, it rings very true. Like I don't think it's, it's yeah, that, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, it's nothing, nothing yeah. new. I, what strikes me honestly, and I mean that's a whole, that's a whole dynamic but what what is shocking to me if that's what you're asking is paul's response to it which is that that he rejoices in it like that's the (laughs) that i think is the shocking part to me um because it is very like read verse 18 yeah so verse 18 he says what what then this is kind of in conclusion to everything eric just brought up but what then you know so what basically is the question and paul's answer to that is only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth Christ is proclaimed and in that I rejoice. And so it's um I, I don't know, like it 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 is in in some ways a very uh you know, a, attack against him I think a little bit and and uh from other people in their motivations for for even doing something as good as preaching Christ, but he's not uh communicating like like you said he doesn't he doesn't hold back on false teachers. That's not really what right. he does here. He's actually rejoicing that yeah. Christ is being proclaimed, even to the maybe real detriment of his own his own status and you know I don't know like yeah. level of importance in people's minds. It doesn't seem to be what he's concerned about. What he's concerned about above all of that and willing to willing to to forfeit and give up is that the gospel would be proclaimed, and that's <laughs> that's yeah. really it. So I don't for me personally like that is the that that's the shocking part that he would be able to again in in and this is paul like this is the guy who is all, all throughout the new testament we see him you know i mean he's he's doing a lot for the god he's going through a lot for the gospel he's the one now in prison um suffering and and we know there's a lot more to that too that he describes elsewhere but he's the one he's the one going through it and these other guys now are kind of jumping on this situation and, and, uh, trying to step in and make much of themselves. And he's like, whatever, man, like as long, <laughs> as, long as the gospels be, <laughs> <mean, it's>, that's, that's <laughs> an amazing, it's it's an amazing thing. I, I, so again, just by
0: way of Bible study here. So again, understanding the con what's happening. Um, uh, it's, it's crazy that I I think the thing, when I was saying like, what's shocking about it is like, again, just going back to the, um, the way that we think about the early church sometimes yeah, is this yeah, pure yeah. perfect yeah. thing is that people were sinners. That they've always been sinners. They um sin has always has always been around. Um and uh to think that this was actually happening and yes, and and Paul's response, I agree with you hundred percent, it is shocking, but it's like how do we like this goes to the idea of motive, again, not the actual doctrine that was being teached, but our motives mm-hmm. in preaching. And maybe we can talk about that um I think for a second because how do you like how do you know or how do you how do you keep yourself from becoming this guy that preaches the right gospel yeah. but does it for the wrong reasons? Any thoughts on that?
2: Well, I I think you have to look at Paul first and foremost his attitude, right? I mean, here he is in prison. And uh, if you know anything about Paul's personality, he was always moving around. He was he was he was very much like I I got to be blazing this trail. I got to be sharing the gospel, and and starting churches. And so I'm sure in a lot of ways he was frustrated with that that type of personality. That he's stagnant. He feels like he's tied down, literally tied down yeah. in chains, and yet he recognizes that this is this is God's will, and God's sovereignty is working this all out. And now. Not only is he tied down physically, he can't move around like he normally does. He is being attacked from these other guys that are preaching a gospel. And yet he is, he is actually giving God credit and glory for all of this. And he's excited about it. He's like, you know, at the end. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Yeah, I I think that's. That's kind of the secret of our attitude, if I will. The secret for me, at least, it, or or what we needed to be doing as 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 people that preach is that type of attitude right there.
0: Yeah. yeah no, we have to we have to constantly be uh, cultivating that sort of thing. And I don't know how you do it other than just keeping your eyes on Jesus. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we talked last time about the first part, of chapter one, how there's really no. Uh, there's no commandment really in there there's some implications but primarily um it's just filled with promises and with good news and i think uh, maybe one of the takeaways there too is just that we have to keep ourselves just locked in on those promises and and on the good news if we're going to be able to uh um to go forward and not and to not let this stuff uh bother us um another idea here is that of just how god and we've already touched on it a little bit but i want to go back to it this idea of how God actually takes the gospel forward is that um, one of the things that I think men like to make much of the, their selves in is in the way that we strategize or the way we, we like to lay out this game plan. And this is something that probably gets into it. We can maybe talk about this a little bit on the, the Bride Body Family Temple podcast as well, yeah. too, because in church land and in church leadership land, there's a lot of talk about strategy and stuff like that. And it, and I find those conversations, I don't know, invigorating at times. Like I can kind of roll with it. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's, it's a very slippery slope because God has a plan to take the gospel forward. Yeah. And, you know, you think about just big picture here in the New Testament. Um, the disciples heard Jesus' teaching. They heard the teaching explained in private to them they see all the miracles, they see him die, they see him rise from the dead, and they're like, let's go, baby, and he's like, don't go anywhere, <laughs> wait, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, uh, and then you're going to be my witnesses, and I think, again, it just speaks to, like, sometimes you'll hear people say, like, "God, God's entrusted everything to us, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, on a level, there is a stewardship that we've been given for the gospel, but not actually, yeah. <laughs> like like yeah. like God has a place. Well, no. even
2: like you know, like even Paul, like he wanted to go to Asia Minor, and it, you know, it alluded to that in Acts. But there was a couple other places where like the Spirit would not let Paul go into Asia Minor. So even Paul had a strategy of like what he wanted to do, had a passion to go there, and the Holy Spirit said, ah, nope, not today, right. and we're not doing it because it's not time.
3: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think too, you were talking about earlier, and well, and kind of piggybacking off of what Matt was just saying, like the impact of the gospel in areas that you don't expect. And so I think it's interesting that in verse 13, he makes a specific call out to the whole Imperial imperial guard when he's talking about that they all recognize that he is imprisoned for Christ. So you see that he's making headway, it seems, right? Yes. With some yep. of them, um, that it's even expanding the gospel in the situation that he's in, which is not <laughs> obviously the most uh, optimal Uh, situation. But like you were saying, I think we we go into these, I don't know what you want to call it, ways of trying to, well, like you were saying, strategize um, how the gospel is going to be presented. And there's these ways that unfold, especially throughout scripture that we see. um, And it's not an ideal situation to be in prison, but Paul is so bold in his proclamation of who Christ is and who the gospel is, that it's spreading throughout the Imperial Guard. And even so much that it's impacting other brothers in the faith, because you then move on to 14. And it says, most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment. So they're seeing the impact that he is having on these individuals. Um, And it even says, they have been emboldened, right? Are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Um, And at prison, I'm sure, (laughs) I would guess, prisons at that point in time, it's pretty safe to assume, weren't as...
0: Wasn't cable television. And, yeah, it wasn't and as yeah. It wasn't
3: as luxurious yeah. as prison is today, <laughs> in some formats. So I'm sure there was a legitimate fear there to to have to be going in there and just to see Paul uh, using his imprisonment to expand the gospel and and that it empowers other brothers by seeing that is is impressive.
1: Yeah, no, that, absolutely. I feel yeah. like I feel like some of it too. So like the the conversation around you know as much as we can plan in in some sense that, you know, we got to hold it loosely because the Lord's going to do what he wants. But I, I feel like we, again, that's another thing. I feel like we, we just, we can say and agree with, but, but we don't necessarily fully understand like what the Bible would mean by that. And even here. So I think about, you know, I think we often think about like, like the Jonah story, right? Like he he's the Lord's going to send him to Nineveh. He's going to send him to a place. He do not want to go similar here. Like Paul, you know, he had, he had a plan that the Lord, um, you know, kind of diverted at different points and here, his plan is not to be in prison. Uh, but the Lord does send him to prison and there's a sense in which now he's like Brad was saying, he's around the Imperial guard. He's around these other people that he probably wouldn't have. Um, and so there is that whole part of it, but there's also the part where coming back to, you know, verse 15 and on there where there's others now who are deliberately mistreating Paul. They're, they're, they're acting to afflict him. He says, and even in that it is still serving to, to spread the gospel. Um, and so I don't know, man, like I just think about this idea and this isn't maybe directly in these, in these few verses here, but, but just the way that the, the cross just flips everything upside down, right? Like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's this reality that through, through ill intentions, through genuine evil, like, uh, that's the motive of these people's hearts that the Lord is still bringing about the spread of the gospel and, and he's, and he's doing it. And so I don't know, like even, even in that, like the, the whole planning and strategy thing, it's like, yeah, the Lord might like send you somewhere that you didn't intend to go and it may not be comfortable and it may, and that's all part of it. But but even, even when people are, are deliberately trying to mistreat you and, like, pray, pray on your downfall, <laughs> the Lord is still using that yeah. to, to, to spread truth. And...
2: Yeah, and I would dare say, you know, a lot of times it's our response to some of this kind of stuff. Like, you know, like sure. th- some of the, the striking uh, statistics, not that we rely on statistics for everything, but, um, you know, the majority of missionaries that come off the mission field come off the mission field because of other missionaries.
0: <laughs> it's true it's sad, but true yeah.
2: you know and so you know, you know relational
0: um, strife and conflict is a very real thing yeah. that
2: that's exactly it and so, so like you know you know not that i get attacked a lot but you know it, it you know it, it comes across sometimes like that you know like maybe somebody personally doesn't like you i mean and then we take that personal and then we personally attack them and, and vice versa and go on yeah. you know and 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 so paul could have very quickly have gone like you guys need to rally around me you guys need to do something about this yeah. you know yeah. uh, kick them out of the church we, Go, you know instead he's looking at it like yeah. there's a bigger picture here yeah, yeah. and <laughs> the gospel is actually being being uh, presented and and, and and actually doing something here and so praise God for it
0: praise God for it I just the, the little phrase again' it's, it's only summing up everything you guys have already said but I just like this is a verse I need to memorize and uh, needs to become a favorite almost like a mission statement, the end of verse 18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, which is a weird qualifier, but it's a, yes. that Christ is proclaimed. And in that I, re- I rejoice. Like how much simpler, I'm just thinking, just in terms of application for my own life, how much simpler maybe would my life be if I would just, well, wait, is is Christ being proclaimed? Who, who cares about the motives? Is the Is the gospel... Is it accurate is it is it about you okay well then whatever i don't know
1: no i just yeah that's just coming back to the idea and and kind of what matt was saying like the 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 danger in that is always i feel like to respond with the exact same thing right like it's you know someone's acting and there's relational discord or whatever and disagreement and people are kind of jockeying and, and trying to be seen as right and uh and the the danger and temptation is always to respond with the exact exact same thing at the end of the day while it may be true like you may again you may be right uh the motive would be one of rivalry and envy and it's really it's really about yourself more than it is just the truth of the gospel being yeah. proclaimed that that's a hard thing like it's it's it really is hard, it's yeah, hard. We I don't want to jump
0: ahead. I will stop from jumping ahead but just uh if people want to want to look ahead though, Um, you can see how Paul is going to be setting this up for what's known as kind of the, or it's kind of a well-known passage known as the kenosis passage Mm -hmm. um, in Philippians chapter two, where he's going to talk about humility and the humility of Christ. And um, again, that's really kind of the the centerpiece of the book, but you can see uh, on the last podcast, we talked about, you know, reading forward and also reading backwards sometimes, and you'll see that that's coming and how that's all going to play in and how you see that the necessity of humility in ministry of any sort—not just as an apostle, not just as a pastor, not just as a full-time missionary, but just as a servant of Jesus Christ, um, uh, in whatever manner He's called you to serve—that we have to, we have to embody this humility if it's if it's all going to go well. What, well, um, some Brown? Yeah, I was this? just
3: going to say. I mean, that his perspective that we've touched on several times uh, in verse eighteen, and that I rejoice—it it reminded me of um, in Mark. Uh, verses or chapter nine verse 38 through 40 uh with christ and his interaction with john it says john said to him teacher we saw someone casting out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because he was not following us but jesus said do not stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me for the one who is not against us is for us uh and it's like a similar thought process that like the is lot like the gospel still being um proclaimed and being further, um, I don't know what the word is,
0: uh, for the propagated, taken forward. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. And it's like, it, Paul's kind of taking on that same posture here, even though he is like, man, this is not yeah. the ideal situation. The way these people are trying to, uh, jockey for position and trying to basically look, make me look like a fool for being here in prison. Yep, Like Christ is still, being exalted. Christ is still being proclaimed even through that. And it, I don't know, it just, it seemed reminiscent, um, to that scripture. So I just thought I would,
0: yeah, no, that's good. Um, yeah. Why don't we, uh, why don't we go around and, and this is, so just hitting pause here, zooming out and again, talking a little bit about Bible study. I'm a big proponent of if you're going to, the difference between Bible study and Bible reading is just simply having a pen and a notepad, uh, in hand or near or nearby. Um, and, uh, one of my favorite quotes from Jonathan Edwards is that he he called um, his pen his exegetical eye, and he said he he wrote as he learned, and he learned as he wrote. Um, and so sometimes in Bible study, it's helpful just to try to begin to write down a few summary lessons from this passage. Why don't we go around and each just pick one? I'm, they don't. It probably it might not be anything that we haven't said already. Um, but for me, I would say the big uh, takeaway from this, or the thing that's most Jumping out to me is one humility, and then secondly, um, that God is always at work in unique ways that we don't that we don't always see. Matt, have.
2: yeah, I would I would double down on humility. I think um, for me, you know, you look at especially like uh, fifteen, it says that it is true that some preach Christ out of envy and ri- rivalry, um, and it's more about Jesus than it is about me. Yeah, so that that's that's where i would yep. that would probably be the biggest takeaway for me is it's more about jesus than it is about me amen
1: i would i i think part of this is just the idea that the the lord is he's both sovereign over the end like he's bringing everything to this this final completion of what he's doing but he's also sovereign over the means of it too and yep. sometimes it's not a uh, the reason that's important is because it's not maybe according to his perfect will and the way that he's commanded it to happen, but he is, he is sovereign over it and he uses, uh, even our, you know, sinful methods and motivations to, to still bring that end to completion. Amen. Brad?
3: Yeah. I mean, just kind of piggybacking off of what you guys are saying. I, yeah, humility, obviously I, I agree with you all on that. Um, and like Mark was just saying, he's over He's over the, the means and, and how it all works out. Um, and and, and at, the, at the end of the day, and I mean, I don't think I'm saying anything that's um, earth shattering, like Christ, I mean, it's, it's really like the focus, like keeping our focus due north, keeping our focus on him. Yeah. And it's like, as long as his name's being glorified and whatever it is that we're doing, whatever else people want to subtract from that, add to that, um, ultimately, that is what we want. We want him to be proclaimed we want him to be uh, honored and glorified and no matter what it is that people are doing around us uh, that should be our primary focus and then um but yeah staying humble and just realizing like you are going to take darts <laughs> i mean we've been told we, you're told that all throughout the gospel uh all throughout Christ's preaching like we are going to suffer for it so it's like be prepared for that and it's sometimes going to feel like it's fire coming from your own own family or your own <laughs> yeah uh, spiritual uh, family or whatever you want to say but at the end of the day like just keep that focus where it belongs i guess is my
0: amen yeah there was a real opportunity for paul to marinate in some relational pain and bitterness if he wanted to yep if you if you if he wanted to go there but he kept his eyes on christ Okay, well, hey, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, We hope that this podcast has been helpful in uh, not just giving you information from the Bible, um, but that it's been food for your soul, and we'll talk to you next time.